0: Welcome back to the Sports Wrap Up. It is week four. We are talking about the biggest sports stories of the week. It was a big weekend in the NFL. The Divisional Championship Games took place. We were going to talk through those. It was the Men and Women's uh, Australian Open Finals. um, And we're going to chat through the winners of the Grand Slam. And uh, we'll chat about some other sports stories along the way. My name is Grace. I am your host. But I am, uh, as always, joined by a panel of guests. Um, We're going to kick it off. Uh, First, we have... Uh, Cam Perry is with us. Cam, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Like uh this is pretty exciting because like yep. I'm always wanting to talk about sports and you know, I'm a big NFL nba you know, guy. So um, anytime I can talk about stuff like that, it's always cool.
0: Cool. Uh happy to have you. Um we also are joined by the great Corey B. Corey, how you doing?
2: Well, that's great. I'm doing well. I, I'm excited to be here also. I um I am uh, mostly a football fan as well, and I apologize if you can hear our screaming babies in the background at any point in this podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited to, to talk about what's been going on this week.
0: Cool. And finally, uh, our first uh, three-paneled guests uh, uh, roundtable here, we're also joined by Matt Gagan. How are you doing, Matt?
3: I am great, and it's a perfect three for three because I am also excited to be here. You know, I'm I'm a very very on and off with my sports fandom, but I'm I'm very on right now. So you got me at a good time.
0: I, I that's how I found out the way I typically find guests is I'm like, uh, who's talking about what on Twitter? Uh, and you were <laughs> like, uh, why am I staying up so late to watch Australian tennis? And I was like, yes, huh? I was the
3: only only person uh, weird enough to uh, stay up every night till eight nine in the morning watching tennis for two weeks straight.
0: The reason you're doing this is we could eventually come on the sports or wrap up and chat about the exactly. Australian Open finals. I yeah. didn't even know it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love to start off the show. Typically, we go around the horn and I ask people what their sports background is, um, what sports they particularly love, and what are, you know, if you have teams that you follow or players. Um, so we're just chatting, Matt, about uh, the, the tennis. Uh, you're staying up late to watch tennis. What's your like sports background? What's your sports history?
3: So yes, I've been very into tennis recently, but I just started really getting into it within the last year or so. I've I've always liked it. I famously played varsity badminton in high school, so very big into the racket sports in general. Amazing. But, uh, if we're just going to go the more traditional sports, like the four major sports, um, I've always been a baseball boy. I've been yes. a I've been a Yankee fan for a very long time. Um, raised a Mets fan, but converted all the way back in first grade. So uh, my My friends will always be able to convince me rather than my parents to figure out, you know, what teams to root for. So as far as teams go, Yankees are really the only professional sports team that I've ever uh, really rooted for and Mm -hmm. uh, a little less. So now I'm just more into baseball. You know, as a sport in general, then I, I like the and maybe it's just because I take for granted that the Yankees will just make the playoffs every year. But when <laughs> when they when they do eventually losing, like I, I'm not crushed about it. There's still more baseball to watch. So it, it's not something that I really get up in arms about. But so, yeah, y- Yankees are the only really team that I have. And then any other sport will just root for for players like uh, in basketball. I really don't watch the NBA. I like March Madness and everything, but when it comes to basketball, I'll I'll watch the finals if LeBron's there because I like LeBron, but uh, if he's not, probably not going to watch any NBA. Uh, Hockey, I've tried, can't really get into it, but my best friends are all Islanders fans, so I'm an Islander fan in theory, and I'll watch if they're in the playoffs. And then NFL, that man, NFL can just be really, really boring at times, or really, really good as, as we as we've seen. So I, I don't watch football yeah. until like the last few weeks of the regular season, and then I'll watch the playoffs. So I've been watching every game recently, and uh, in the past few years, I've I've become a Niners fan out of nowhere. So I, I, this was a crushing loss for me recently. Crushing, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah
0: uh that's it's i i don't like it when yankees fans come on here because there's not really like a good like counterpoint i'm a blue jays fan like am like oh sorry to hear that you know it's like the yankees are really good there's no like (laughs) like, insulting you for being a yankees fan um but uh okay fun Corey, what about you yeah so i um i
2: have absolutely been uh on and off sports for my entire life starting when i developed uh asthma as a young child and developed a hatred for sports uh you know, from there, I became a, a baseball fan. But then when, as a young child, the Marlins won the World Series, which, which that was my team. And then they sold everybody. and yes,
0: uh, as they tend to do.
2: Yes, yeah, they tend to do. Uh, then I just was done with baseball. So I haven't watched baseball since. Uh, and uh, I, I recently, well, not even recently anymore because time, but um, I, I jumped on the Seahawks bandwagon in about... 2011, 2012 with Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era, yeah. and I have not jumped off. That got me really back into football, so I'm I'm all on the NFL uh, on the NFL train. That's my that's my favorite sport. Uh, I don't know if I have any Olympic takes for you today, but my wife has a figure skating background and has oh. family who are uh, figure skating choreographers. So uh, oh. while I have that background, I don't know how many cool takes I have for you about the Winter Olympics or cool, anything like that. But cool takes uh, are the
1: best ones about the Winter
0: Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fun. That's great. And Cam, what about you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you see behind me, I got a Giants poster behind, yeah. if you notice. So, a lot of people, when they see that poster behind me, they think I'm from New York. I'm like, no, like, <laughs> it's crazy because, like, yeah. honestly, if people like ask me, all my teams outside the Giants are Texas teams. Like, okay. you know, I'm a Texas Longhorn fan. Uh-huh. Uh, love the Spurs, San Antonio Spurs. You know, I don't really like the Astros that much, but. Um, but outside of like, you know, the, the, the major sports, like those particular ones, like I love my, my, my basketball and my football because, like I said, uh, those two sports, honestly, like I feel like they're just, it just fun to watch. Like if you go to like a game, I don't know if all y'all have been to like basketball or football games, like the experience is just way better watching it in person than watching it on TV because it's just like the fans and just like whether your team loses or wins, <laughs> it's always a crazy environment because like, I like going to like rivalry games too. Like, uh, have you been to like the big rivalry games that happen around the country, especially college football? Um, that's like probably, I think my favorite sport is college football because like the environment is like nothing other. And like, you get to see like, just like how hard these players like work hard. And then now with like the nil, uh, deals that are going on, which is kind of crazy. Like you probably could have a whole podcast talking about how much money people are giving to these players now, but, um, it's just, it's just cool to kind of just see how everything's evolving. And I think college football is, is almost like a minor league system now where mm-hmm. you have, um, you know, if you uh heard about Quinn Ayers, he got like paid like a lot of money to go to Texas.
0: Right.
1: And then there was like a whole big deal about it when originally he went to Ohio State and then he went to Texas, you know, after that whole big ordeal with that. So I think it's just cool to kind of just, you know, uh, follow those things rather. Really.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I think, you know, the reason why I was excited about this, you know, the sports for Up is that, like, there's so many fun stories. I mean, this, uh, gosh, this, like, we, I, I feel like I could not have gone like you to start this podcast uh, around this particular uh, NFL postseason. Um, the stories of this season have been so fun. College basketball is a big blind spot for me, Cam, but um, you can enlighten me um, as uh, the sports for Up continues, because uh, I know a lot of people love uh, college sports, specifically college uh, basketball, college, college football. So, um but yeah let's uh let's start with the big story uh, of the weekend to me it feels like uh yeah the NFL playoffs just keep rolling they uh continue to have another uh weekend I, you know and to be honest i was watching uh, the beginning of the uh, Bengals Chiefs game and uh, the Chiefs uh pulled ahead um uh, what was 21 to 10 uh and it felt like can anybody stop the chiefs? That's what I was thinking. You know, the bills probably had the best shot to stop the chiefs. I was like, yes, this feels like, you know, uh, they kind of get stopped right before the half. Um, uh, They don't uh, convert another touchdown, but the chiefs come out and go three for three on opening drives. It's felt like, yeah, this is the team. They're going to make it to the super bowl. Nobody else has really been as offensively strong as this Kansas city chiefs. And then the second half of the game <laughs> where the Kansas city chiefs, uh, let go of their lead uh uh yeah the uh the Bengals tied up and then score a field goal in overtime camp
1: yeah like that game was crazy like i'm not gonna lie to you like i almost turned the game off like that's how crazy <laughs> the game was because yeah. like i don't know about y'all but when i see a game it's like way out of hand like it was like i'm like i'm not watching i'm not gonna go turn and then i'm gonna you know check my twitter feed because that's usually what i do like when a game's like crazy like that i like i like you know check my twitter feed you know 30 minutes later so oh shoot, you know you see someone talking about the score and some oh let me, let me let me turn back. So yeah, it it was nuts because like like you said, I, I honestly I thought the Chiefs were going to win Super Bowl this year. Like I thought it was a done deal, especially how they won last weekend. And I yeah, thought the Bills yeah. got screwed on that. Like that's like I hate the overtime rolls in, in NFL. Like it's the worst overtime rolls in probably all of the sports because mm-hmm. you should give like a game that great like that could have been a Super Bowl. I feel have been two teams from different. You know, leagues, it it just would have been amazing to watch. And then not having the chance to go out there and run it back and try to match a score, like that's a whole other topic altogether. But um, yeah, I just don't know what happened. Like I don't know what Mahomes was doing. Like Mahomes just like he choked, like and I didn't expect that. Like, you know, I expected, you know, Rodgers to do that last week, but Mahomes to do it this week, you know, I don't know. It it, yeah, it was nuts. Uh... Like and but um you know, Joe Burrow. You know, yeah, people have been talking about Joe Burrow. People talking about Baker Mayfield, but Joe Burrow is every everything that people thought Baker Mayfield was. You know. know the media was talking about Baker Mayfield, they were hyping this guy up. And Baker, I, Baker I, I Mania, friend, Baker mania you know, has a only Texas just begun. so you know me, I'm gonna hate on yeah. Baker more than most people. But yeah, well, who,
2: who does who does better commercials,
1: Cam? I mean
0: Baker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that's it. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, yeah. I mean like 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 you said cam uh I, I don't know what's going on it seems like kansas city just got their 21 points or whatever and they're like we're good we're good to go from now this is this is fine we don't need any more much like you i was on my phone for maybe like a full quarter of the game and then i just i, I looked up from twitter and i was like wait what's going on and then i mean you guys i, just, I mean everyone I, I think even more now than recently i've seen people are really starting to uh hate against the overtime rules in football, um, mm-hmm. with, especially with these last two weeks. And you all talked about it um, on the podcast last week with the yeah. overtime games. And I, I have to agree that I just can't. It's every other sport you at least have a chance. You should not be able to go into overtime and lose the game because of a coin flip. It just makes no sense to me. You see so, how
0: excited the Chiefs fans were and they won that coin toss? I they, they thought they won the game. <laughs> so like, I'm glad
3: the Bengals got to the like to have that interception, because at least they, you know, you can't say Kansas City didn't have a chance, because they obviously did, and then the Bengals, but I mean, yeah, what, what a story. I, I don't think anyone predicted the Bengals to be here, so I feel like now that, now that my guy Jimmy G is out of contention, might as well just hop on the Bengals bandwagon here and root for them uh, in the Super Bowl as well.
0: Yeah, Corey, what did you think of uh, this, this game? Uh, it seemed like it was going to be a blowout uh, by the end of the first half, yeah. and obviously it does not turn out to be a blowout.
2: Absolutely. And, and what I was going to say about the overtime, obviously, I am uh, I, I will reach a consensus here about the overtime rules as uh, as no one would uh, probably uh, expect otherwise. But mm-hmm. uh, it was it was almost very triggering for a second when I saw Mahomes start to, you know, throw the ball down the field and, and they're starting to work their way toward the end zone again. And the first, you know, yep. first drive of overtime, just like last, uh, you know, just like the last round. And it was it was tough. But uh it was really wild to see what happened to the Chiefs in the second half of that game. I mean, I noted specifically that the Bengals' secondary must have been – I didn't see because they never show that stuff in football, and it's always a really big uh, thing for me too. But uh, And I think someone else uh, that I was talking to was mentioning that as well. But the secondary was doing a great job. I saw so many plays where Mahomes did his usual magic, getting out of the pocket, scrambling around, dodging people. And there was no one to third it. No, like, no, yeah just he just was completely covered up and he eventually just had to take the sack. It was just like waiting for him. It was ine- inevitable, right? And that was that was probably the difference maker to me. And I do think the momentum changed at that last play, Grace, that you mentioned of the first half. Yeah. Where they couldn't make it in the end zone and they had typical like Andy Reid clock management.
0: Yeah, Tom just calling for a on. timeout. There's no timeouts left. Uh, it's, yeah, they kind of like threw an option and yeah. he doesn't make it into the end zone. Um, they, yeah, they would have been up another whole touchdown and it just sort of felt like yeah, it just was bad play calling and bad, you know, yeah. just that was sort of like a lackluster way to end the first half, even though they had been so dominant, it was so good up to that point.
2: Right. Yeah. That was almost like the, the slight momentum shift in my mind, but it still did obviously take a well while for, for things to heat back up. Pretty wild game. And I'm really, I don't, it was almost like, I don't, I don't actually dislike the Chiefs, but it almost was a little bit redemption for the Chiefs-Bills game. And it does make me very excited <laughs> for, uh, For the Super Bowl to root for the Bengals Uh, as a Seahawks fan. I know we haven't gotten the other game yet, but that was a nightmare for me. And, uh, Uh you know, the nightmare would have continued either way. So I'm excited to root for the Bengals in the Super Bowl personally. And I think it's a, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Chiefs and the Bengals are doing incredible and really amazing underdog story. The rebuild was like, what, two years long before they started performing. Yep. Pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, if you look at like what they had to do to, to get here, right? They have to, uh, beat the Raiders in the last week of, uh, or in the wild card, uh, game. Then they have to go and play the Titans at home, which they do. And then they, they beat the Chiefs who, yeah, really felt like. Uh, the odds on favorite to uh, not just make it to the Super Bowl, but I, I think for sure win the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, I do think that there's a lot to be said about like Mahomes kind of struggling in the second half, just, you know, whether he, they felt like sort of, he didn't need to be as on um as he had been, which is like a little bit, I think counterintuitive to like, you know, the scores that they had put up the previous two weeks, like um, gosh, they're like that. You know, you'd have to go back, uh, talk more about last week's game, but like, yeah, Mahomes versus Allen, like they, maybe it was that like drive of them both driving each other that like kept them going. Whereas perhaps this game, you know, he wasn't expecting much out of Joe Burrow, but I do think like you can give a lot of credit to the Bengals defense in stopping um, uh, Mahomes. Um, yeah. What do you think, Cam?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always thought, honestly, like, the game was weird because I thought the biggest weakness for the Bengals is definitely their uh, offensive line. Like, that's, like, the thing I was Mm -hmm. most worried about because, I, like, you know, Burrow, he's been getting hit all season (laughs) long. And I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to win this game if they can't protect him. you know. But they they have a lot of weapons, and and I think the Bengals is probably the most complete team like that in the playoffs, in my personal opinion, because – they really don't have that many weaknesses outside of that. It's just like, that's like a huge thing in football. Like if you don't have a good old line, like, you know, most teams, you they usually don't perform well, but he is calm under pressure. Like that's why, like, I think he's not the most talented quarterback in the world, but he just does his job and he's just really, really solid. And I think um, that's why, like, I think they're probably the favorites to, to win it all because they, I don't think that there's anything that they can't get over because they already beat. Some of the best teams in football to get there, so it's going to be fun to watch a Super Bowl that really no one expected. Like, I don't think anyone before yeah, the no. season expected this matchup. Like, like if you ask anybody this, if they said that they were, they're lying to you because it's nope, just, just the way we
3: drew it up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bengals yeah. Rams.
0: Then yeah, nobody on, I think, on the podcast last week had like you know i think if any matchup of that like any combo based on the four teams left we're saying like yep probably going to be uh, Bengals rams um so yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah it, it it feel i don't know it'd be interesting next week um with it uh, you know we haven't gotten to the rams uh and the niners um but uh it is the game is um at the rams home stadium um so that uh is interesting i think uh, last year the buccaneers won at their home stadium um so the rams are going to try and go back to back winning in their their home stadium um but uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah just, it just does not feel like the two teams of people that would be there. But um, yeah, I think the Bengals, yeah, they've proven, you know, they can beat good teams. So it uh, feels like certainly they could beat uh, the Rams. And the point I was making with the offense or their defense being so good is that really in that first half, like part of the problem felt like uh, Mahomes just had so many options he can um, go to. Um, and I think credit to the Bengals that they can like limit his options, basically where he has like no options um, and just can't uh, move the ball down the field. Like he did in the first half, so um, yeah, fun game. I, yeah, Joe Burrow in the in the Super Bowl. We'll see. Um, let's shift here. We'll shift gears over to the um, the 49ers at the Rams. Um, gosh, another really close game. Um, comes down to um, you know at the end of the game there, the Rams uh, pulling out a, a victory. Garoppolo um, throws an interception to end the game. Um, but another uh, I, I another really fun game. Uh, really tight, really close. Um, yeah, it was fun.
3: Uh, what do you think, Matt? I mean these, the, these are the uh, these are the quarterbacks I like to root for here with Jimmy G. Like, like I said, I'm a Niners fan, and only within the last couple of yes. years, the the way the way I have always looked at football is I've always rooted more for players than the teams, and that's mostly with any sport except for baseball. I'm mostly an individual first person, and you know so within. The, the last couple of guys I've been rooting for have been like uh, Kaepernick and then Jimmy G's who have both been on the Niners. So I've really settled into a nice uh, Niners <laughs> uh, group here. There, there's a much larger r- list of teams I root against in the NFL than teams but, I root for. So, so that, that, that might've been Jimmy G's last, uh, the interception uh, I, know, last I don't know Was a 49ers. So I don't know what's going to happen. Cause I've gotten so used to rooting for the, the 49ers. Yeah. Now I might have to follow Jimmy G elsewhere. Well, will, we'll yeah, see what we'll happens, see. but we'll see. So, and the quarterbacks I am always rooting for are the ones that um I guess are kind of average, but uh, people are always kind of hating on them. And I kind of just take it upon myself, even though I don't really know much about football, just to be the guy that says, no, you're all wrong. They're actually a really good quarterback. You know, <laughs> I, I do, I do it with Jimmy G I do it with Baker Mayfield. I did it with Kaepernick. I did it with Tebow back in the day. I, this is, this is wow. my, this is my lot in life that I am just always arguing in favor of the quarterback that everyone's rallying against. So watching, and I, I thought we had it. I thought I was going to be, have have the smug smile on my face saying that the Niners were in the Super Bowl all because of Jimmy G, you know, of course, tongue in cheek saying that every single week that Jimmy G was the one leading them. And then, you know, at some point it just all started to go downhill. And when, when Jimmy G has the ball with a chance to like, uh lead his team to victory it's not the same feeling as when you know Tom Brady has it or when you know someone else is in that game with the uh, Kansas City and the Bills when they each had another chance like you're like oh something magic's gonna happen here when Jimmy G got it I was like boy I I hope something magic happens but I don't know how this is gonna end and then of course it ended in disaster
0: I know you kind of just need Jimmy to just do like as much as possible. You kind of like okay get the lead and then just like hope your defense can like keep you in it. It's, it, I, it, felt, uh, I have a friend who's a 49ers fan who just kept messaging. Like, it certainly feels like Cooper cup's just going to get like a big, he's going to get a big catch and like put them in like field goal <laughs> position basically exactly what happens at the end of the game. Uh, it just sort of like, it felt, I don't know, the Rams felt kind of, even though it's a very close game, felt a little bit inevitable at the end, uh, you know, even with Stafford, um, that like, yeah, this was just not the 49ers game to win. They get the ball, uh, back with a little bit of time left on the clock, but just cannot do anything with it camp.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it it was it was this was a weird game to watch. Honestly, I, I agree with you. Like, it felt like the Rams, even when they were down like ten points. You know, it, it was it was weird that I never thought that the 49ers, 49ers were going to win the game. Like, it just, it I felt like you know with what Stafford would you know, and, and Stafford his, his story is so interesting to me because he was stuck in Detroit for years. Yeah, and like he's a great quarterback. Like, I don't like. Yeah, I I, don't, I think everybody here can agree with this. Stafford's a great quarterback. He's he has a Hall of Fame numbers, but he was on a bad team for a long time. And they had another Hall of Famer with them with Megatron for years, and he retired early, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other topic got together. But I, I think um, Stafford and then another underrated player, Odell Beckham, you know, yeah. that's a connection right there. So I would, if, if they win the Super Bowl, I won't be mad because I feel like that's a, that's a great underdog story. People thought Odell Beckham was overrated. Yeah. But really, I go back hey. to Baker Mayfield again. I mean, you know, some, some
3: would some would say Odell Beckham was the reason the Browns lost all those games, and not yeah. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> hey, some, some would hey, say, you know, know, at least one <laughs>
1: hey,
3: at least, one, per- that, at least no. one person would say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I, I, agree with you. I think Stafford's a great quarterback. I think he could, I, I definitely could see the like, you know, him winning the Super Bowl. And um, they made a lot of moves. Um, I think they are showing us, say like they don't have a first round pick until like 2024, 2026. I can't remember. Like they, they, they pushed their chips in and, uh, definitely feels like they could win, especially with the game being in Los Angeles next week. It feels very storybook uh, in some ways. But what, what do you think, Corey?
2: The one thing I have no idea, like I I agree with most of the takes so far. I do not know how you could call the Rams an underdog team. That's one (laughs) that's one that's one take I vehemently disagree with. I know that I'm biased, but it's it's the LA team here, buying all the free agents. It doesn't really feel like they're the underdog for me personally. I do really like Stafford. Um Stafford is is definitely someone on the team who I definitely can can root for. Um so on that side I, I I think uh there's a great story for him at the very least. And I can I can respect that side for sure. I was expecting this game to be different because the 49ers have been messy all season long. But mm-hmm. it's been working out for them. And I think mostly because they have Debo Samuel uh personally. It's the <laughs> but, say, it's my
0: biggest reason I'm very sad they lost is that that's the end of Debo Samuel for the year.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And 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 it, it's interesting though, because the 49ers, you know, there's this uh there's this NFC West circle of parity where um, the Seahawks, uh, you know, the Seahawks always destroy the 49ers. The 49ers always destroy the Rams. The Rams always destroy the Seahawks. And the Cardinals are just kind of there, right? And so, they're, they're, you know, the, the 49ers beat the Rams twice in the regular season. And uh, I was, as much as it was hard for me to root for a team, I was definitely going for the 49ers just for that, you know, just to, just to continue, the, uh, continue the cycle right all must be right in the world and the teams have to beat the teams in the cycle except for the cardinals who can do whatever they want (laughs) and uh you know that was uh so it was a little disappointing for me but the game itself i didn't feel like it was quite as exciting for me but again a little biased but it definitely was was still very fun to watch and a lot of really explosive plays as well that i really enjoyed
0: I, I thought the end of the game was very exciting, I think, unless you're a 49ers fan, in which it felt like just like the slow uh, crunching, the circle, it was like uh, closing in. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're anybody else who just wants a good game, um, you know, them coming back, uh, the Niners blowing, uh, what, a nine-point, a ten-point lead um, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. This was, was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: Definitely a good game. Man. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, final thoughts on Rams 49ers? We'll jump into a little bit of a preview of the Super Bowl. Um, so, as is mentioned, uh, next week—sorry, uh, not next week—two uh, weeks from now, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, February thirteenth, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, we have the Bengals playing the Rams in Los Angeles. Um, I don't know. Should we just jump in with predictions? What, what do you What do you think? Uh, I guess maybe this week we could do uh, head or heart, which is what does your head think? Who do you think will win? Uh, but who does your heart want to win? Um, Bengals and Rams. What are you, Corey?
2: Yeah, first of all, I am offended that you skipped over the Pro Bowl, uh, <laughs> which everyone cares about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and where are Pro Bowl predictions? But We'll be covering heard-
3: it extensively next week. I was going to say, you're, yeah. you're having uh, a, the big Pro Bowl special next week, yeah. right? Where it's That's just right. two oh, and a half really? hours all on the Pro Bowl. Oh, really? That's,
0: That's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh,
2: As far as Super Bowl, Super Bowl goes, no surprise based on what I've said already. Yep. My heart goes with Bengals. My head... I don't know. I think that it. Uh, do the Rams have an on day or an off day? Right. Sometimes they look absolutely unstoppable, and sometimes they look very, very stoppable. And um, I think it's sort of a coin flip for me. I think that if they come out there and they they can uh, work their way down the field, then then uh, Bengals are in trouble. But I do think the Bengals have shown that their 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 defense can stand up to a high-powered offense. So yeah. I'm going to just go with the uh, official, just, uh, you know, uh, staying out of the uh, the head. I think it's like a coin toss for me in terms of what my head thinks.
0: Yeah, fair enough. What about you, Cam?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this this is really tough to me because I, I feel like both these teams are evenly matched. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's not like most Super Bowls, you know, because I feel like the last five Super Bowls, I feel like there was a, a clear favorite. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the line is on this, but, like, I feel like it can't be more than three points just because I feel like, 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 like Corey said, like, I really don't know who's going to win over the other, like, but I want the Bengals to win because I'm a big fan of Gerald Burrow and and, and what, they, what they're doing. But also at the same time, I like when, you know, players like Odell Beckham can show people that he is still an elite wide receiver because before this, this year happened, people thought he was washed. So, yeah. like, it, it it's just, I don't know, like, I I, I think I'll probably say head uh, will be Bengals and heart, I'll say uh, uh, the Rams for sure.
3: Uh, what about you, Matt? All right. So, first of all, kind of wild that second year in a row that there will be a home team of the Super Bowl after like, yeah, it, it hadn't happened, like, yeah. ever. Like, I don't know if it's happened before, but definitely not in my memory. So, um, shout out to that fun statistic, but. You know, I I have jumped on the Bengals bandwagon, as I said, so I'll definitely be rooting for the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people people think they're they might not have a good chance, but I didn't think they were going to win any of the games that they played and they just keep winning. Uh So who's to say can happen again? The only difference is I have not been rooting for them in the other game. So now that I'm rooting for them, I'm sure I will give them some (laughs) bad luck. So, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) nothing I want to happen actually does happen. So uh, Rams probably will win and it probably won't even be a good game. But my official prediction will be that the Bengals win.
0: Uh okay I I'm with I think my I I kind of want the Bengals to win I think it's uh just a more fun story they they didn't win a playoff game for for so many years um and uh I think that that's fun for them to come and win um but I just feel like I can see Stafford uh you know winning um next week pulling out uh, just having a good game at home um I think my head says the Rams and my heart wants the Bengals to win um. So, yeah, uh, we'll be back in two weeks time uh, with our post Super Bowl coverage, I uh, guess, to be determined. Um, but we'll chat through all of that. And I'm sure all the fun festivities that go along uh, with it. Do you guys have any like Super Bowl traditions?
3: My Super Bowl tradition is find out who's throwing the best party and uh-huh. just and just go there and not even really pay attention to the game, but uh-huh. uh, just it's just kind of you know when when a big play happens, look up. But mo- mostly, I use Super Bowl as a big social event and yeah, uh, just try, obviously can't be a huge party anymore with uh, yes. with the times we are living in. But hopefully, you someone, follow your local yeah, health
0: guidelines. Hopefully, there yeah. is
3: still some kind of small safe get together that I can go to, and that yeah. is uh, that's pretty much what I do. Just uh, just. Always a great excuse to drink and have fun.
0: Yeah, eat good food. Exactly, Corey. You have Super Bowl traditions.
2: Yeah, I think the last two Super Bowl parties I went to were the were the two uh, Seahawks uh, Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and then I really haven't been to any since. I've just yeah. uh, hung out at home with my family. Now those were the, those were amazing experiences, right? Like, yeah, I live in Colorado, so that first Seahawks Super Bowl against the Broncos. Uh, oh, that's fun was incredible. Everyone mocked me. They tried to put me in a little room with a tiny TV and everyone was laughing And then the first uh-huh. play with it. Ball yep. goes over Peyton's head and he looks like a doofus was like just the <laughs> beginning of an amazing evening for me. Yes. And then the next year was less so. Uh, but anyway, uh, the uh, the Super Bowl parties were fun. Uh, maybe one day we'll get back to that when I don't have small children or a pandemic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right now, I'm probably just going to hang out at home and uh, maybe, maybe try to make a little party out of it so that the kids stay interested. But that's
0: pretty cool.
1: much all I'm doing. Cam? Yeah, so I'm 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 like LeCord with this. Like I usually don't do anything crazy with the Super Bowl. Like I usually just be at the house. But the last time I went to Super Bowl party was the Falcons uh Patriots one. Mm-hmm. That was oh man, that was yeah. probably the crazy I don't you all remember that that was yeah. the craziest oh, game yeah. I've ever seen in my life. And I was telling people, I was like, Man, I don't know how much money Vegas <laughs> made that day because yeah. people thought they one, they probably jumped for joy, all that stuff. And then 20, 28, three, and then Brady just came back and they choked it. I, like that was the, the, the most fun like experience I've ever seen. Like watching any game, like not being a fan of either team, just watching a game and just unfold like that. Like after that game, I was like, yeah, Brady's the goat. There's no way. Cause no other quarterback would do what he did. Like it was, it was, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I hope, I, I hope like our like luck has not run out here in this playoffs that like, I hope the game next week is fun. Um, cause we've had some very, very fun, uh, football games these last few weeks, but, uh, feels like in some ways our luck could have run out. Uh, like with the invoices due for a boring Super Bowl game, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, fun halftime show. Um, it's like Eminem. Uh, can who else, who else is in the halftime show? Uh, Andrew Lamar. Yeah, like, Andrew Lamar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. All right, that's a, is there any reason to watch the Pro Bowl next week? Is there any reason? Is there a fun? Is there any anybody
3: we should be looking out for next week in the Pro Bowl? I mean in maybe if Virgo, you have um, if you have money on it, maybe there's a reason to watch if it. If you gamble on it, <laughs> and yeah,
2: maybe going to be there.
0: Oh, is he? That makes okay. Yeah. yeah. Lamar Jackson. Herbert, I thought was I was pretty sad to see the Chargers not make it in. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh I probably, I'll watch it, but I'll watch the highlights. All right, we're going to shift gears from the NFL. Let's chat about, uh, Matt, you've been staying up late to watch tennis. Uh, we oh, had man. the uh, Australian Open Finals. Uh, I feel like two very fun stories came out of this um, Australian Open Finals. In the uh, men's side, uh, Rafael Nadal beats uh, Daniel Medvedev um, in a, a comeback victory. I was down two sets, comes back in three straight uh, to win his 21st Grand Slam uh, title. Um, super fun game. Over on the women's side, um, this was the story. is like, can Barty uh, win on her home turf? Uh, and she does just that. Um, so i thought two uh very fun um finals here two, two fun, very fun like sports stories um i thought nadal uh, looked kind of beatable throughout the tournament i think he had, like had some kind of rough showings um but can't doubt him he wins uh he pulls it out and uh very fun to see barty win um at home what, what did you think of the australian open finals
3: Sam? Yeah. So, well, first of all, it was so weird last night going to bed before the sun was up. That yeah. was a, that was yeah, a first that, that I hadn't done that in a couple of weeks. I was like, uh-huh. this is very... I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but I, I eventually I was able to fall asleep. But yeah. And you've been I don't want to say you've been lucky, but I think you started this podcast at the exact right time because yeah. you start the the, play, the NFL playoffs are, you know, starting up and you have like yeah. some of the best NFL playoff games ever. Yes. And you say, all right, let's do the Australian Open final. Let's cover that yeah. next week. We have like the best match that yeah. I've ever seen. That 5 set match, I didn't even care that it was, it literally took five and a half hours. I was like, I don't even want to go to bed at this point, but yeah. I it was like Medvedev didn't even care that it went uh, like five <laughs> hours. He was like,
0: that was so fun. That was what a great game of tennis <laughs> yeah. uh, in his, yeah. uh, in his uh, interview at the end. Yeah, it
3: was great. He was, yeah. I mean, yeah, by the time the match was over, he was in good spirits during the match. He <laughs> seemed to be getting mad because, I mean, this he was, was very mad. This was definitely a home match for Barty, but it almost seemed like it was a home match for Nadal. Like everyone in the stadium was rooting for Nadal there, and they would not shut up when uh, Medvedev was trying to serve. <laughs> much, much to his chagrin, he was he was uh, yelling at the uh, the chair umpires to quiet down the crowd and like threaten to kick them out. So he could, did. You uh, see
0: his uh, post game interview? Did you see this? We uh, commented on the crowd. He said um he's something online. He's like he's not sure how much he'll love tennis uh, moving forward. Uh Ooh. the crowd, uh so yeah, basically like the crowd was was, you know, supporting Nadal like pretty ferociously, um, not super uh keen on Mob. He he kind of pointed out that like there would be times where like uh somebody would start to cheer for him and people would like like make like almost like snake noises at like, like, like try to like drown him out. Uh, yeah. anybody who was supporting him. So he's getting really frustrated at this idea that like people just couldn't support him and he's basically just saying after the game, he was saying like, Yeah, it just kinda like Dampers my love of of uh of tennis uh, a little bit, and like I don't know that I'm gonna want to play, and like you know for another like you know I'm like 30 years old. I don't know if I want to play for another like you know 10 years. So it's, um yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, wild comments. I thought
3: it's them. pretty unfortunate yeah. because and Medvedev. I don't know when he became the villain, but he seems like a very nice guy. But everyone, it seemed like throughout the whole tournament, people were rooting against him. the The announcers at one point were calling him the skinny villain. Like I don't know why he's what, a big he, Russian
0: bad guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, All sports later. need a big big Russian bad guy. <laughs> I think. So. and I,
3: I was rooting for l- luckily for me i picked the three people i was rooting for in the beginning medvedev nadal and Berrettini. all made it into the semifinals. which i mean so on the men's side i was very happy with how things turned out on the women's side everyone i voted for got uh knocked out pretty decently early so that mm-hmm. was definitely a shame because i they, i mean definitely i uh You know, there's some women players that I uh, root much harder for than people on the men's side. So it was a shame to see all of them get knocked out before even like the quarterfinals. But then on Mm -hmm. the other side, pretty much like every single man that I was rooting for made it into the quarterfinals. So I I guess, you know, I couldn't have it both ways. At least I got, you know, something something good out of it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah. I mean, gosh, the um, the Nadal. Medvedev game was so fun. Um, if folks haven't watched it, there's, uh, I think Australian Open YouTube uh, channel what I, sometimes, like, I, I wasn't watching, I was not saying Blake to watch these <laughs> games. Uh, I would watch these, like, eight-minute clips of the highlights of the, of the game. I did watch an extended version for the uh, Nadal Med, Medvedev game, but yeah, for, I mean, he was up two sets, uh, and then... Uh, yeah,
3: so Nadal, yeah, Nadal goes down two sets to none, and there was another match in the quarterfinals, like, pretty much everyone that advanced in the quarterfinals went to five sets in that round somehow, um, but uh, Nadal was up two sets to none and he actually blew it to go to the fifth set before ultimately winning And because it just seemed like he got so tired like in the third and fourth set before finding a, a second wind. So, uh I mean, he is that 35 years old now. That was a yeah, uh, I I do root for both of the Canadians. There, they're also two two uh, players that I really enjoy watching playing. So it was it was hard to root against them, but you know when push came to shove, I had to do it. But yeah, so Null would get would get tired. Like like you said, he seemed beatable at certain points in the tournament, and he would he would get tired before eventually finding a second win in like the fifth set and pulling through. So then when he went down two sets to nothing, I was like, I don't know if he's gonna be able to find his second win in time to do this, and he goes down uh, three games to two. Well, before that even. So they like to show the uh the win predictor on, on the screen, like at various mm-hmm. points in the match. After he goes down two sets to none, it showed Medvedev was ninety-four percent to win and Nadal was six percent to win. And this was even before he goes down in the third set. So Nadal goes down uh three sets three games to two in the third set and is down love forty in that game. So he's about to it on 4-2. And at that point, literally John McEnroe, who was announcing goes, well, it's over now for Nadal. There's really nothing he can do. And at that point I was like, wow, I can't believe John McEnroe like (laughs) was so ballsy in in saying that. Like, I agree with him. It's obviously over, but I can't believe he actually said that. And I don't know if Nadal heard him or what happened because it was at, at that very moment. I don't know if anyone believes in jinxes, if they think it's real, but at that exact moment, he ties it at 40, ends up winning that game, goes on obviously to end up winning that set. And then you know, from, from there on, it was an adult show. There, even there was a certain point in the fourth set, he's down, still down to, uh, two sets to one but i was, uh, even in the fourth set i was like this is officially nadal's to lose at this point he has all the momentum yeah. the fans are rooting for him you get to the fifth set by the time the fifth set rolls around my friends are waking up and texting me like you watching <laughs> this like yeah i've been watching this since 3:30 i don't know why you guys he, have just started watching some watching of the
0: it, shots man. he made were like absolutely incredible oh, this is one where he like uh, reach, gets all the way across the line and just like returns it right down the line it's like right on it's like yeah it was uh he, he's incredible uh i thought his outfit uh, was i love ugly. his outfit oh, you love no, it I love eh?
3: his outfit i love it he was wearing like that like magenta like purple yeah like, Corey shirt Cam, with the- if
0: i told you that uh the the best tennis player in the world or the best men's tennis player in the world now he was wearing uh like a magenta a purpley shirt with lime like basically lime green headbands and armbands It was like
3: teal it was like a teal I, headband armband type of thing i, I thought see, it was I'm a really watching,
0: good i'm
2: watching yeah. the those eight minute highlights as, as you are both talking about yeah. it it's, what do you it's, think it's, of his look what do you think? I think he pulls it off. Yes, he
3: really does. I really, I, I thought you were going to say that you liked it. And I was ready to no. emphatically agree with you, Grace. No, I was, no, I really enjoyed I thought the, uh, I really enjoyed watching him just, just for that reason alone. But I yeah, I
0: think thing, uh, you're talking about John McEnroe talks, uh, where he's like, "That's over. I noticed in the, uh, I, I can't remember which game, uh, Tony Romo at some point is just like, that's it. Like, oh, I think it was the Bengals game. He's like, that's it. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl before the game is over. <laughs> um, like, I think they still have a play. Uh, like, Kim, what do you think of like, should the announcers be like this? could they just like is not that what we want don't we want announcers to just like speak truth like just say what's on your mind right isn't that what we yeah
1: want? yeah like that that's i mean that's i think that's why i like uh college football announcers the most yeah. but i feel like you see those announcers like have biases towards certain teams like and sometimes yeah. i hate it but at times i'm like okay at least they they're being honest about who they're rooting for you know so it, it's kind of cool when you see someone like outside the other sports like you know Root for you know and say, Oh, okay, we want this person to win, or they dog the players. Like, I'm uh, uh, like, Do mm-hmm. you ever mm-hmm. watch games where they dog a certain player because they're playing bad? And yeah, you know, you're like, Oh man, they're being a little brutal, they're being more well, brutal I, than I, I'll be. Well, I think, people- yeah,
0: yeah. I think the commentators who have done it have played before, right? Like, can get away with it a little bit more. Yeah. Like, if, if I was commentating a game, it was like. That guy really stinks. <laughs> like, I would be, I don't think I'm allowed to commentate
3: anymore. Well, yeah, that's yeah. another reason I liked listening to McEnroe because I, I think I do like that they are so willing to like make those like ballsy comments. I just took me by surprise. But another thing that McEnroe was doing that really made me laugh throughout the thing with like everyone else is so positive. Like, whenever Nadal would get a great like slam or something, uh, they'd be like, oh, look what Nadal did there. Also, Nadal's drops were just working so well. Like, his drop yeah. shots, whereas Medvedevs just were not. But uh, every time like Nadal would have, like a big slam on the other side, everyone would be like, "Oh, look at that!" And then Magnon would be like, "Yeah, but what was Medvedev even doing on that side of the court? Like, this should have <laughs> never had- And He was the first person uh-huh. to just say everything that Medvedev did wrong. Uh,
0: yeah, I thought the the story here, like the Nadal, uh, the comeback. Uh, you know, he's an older player, so it just felt like he was kind of like, you know, after being down two sets, that's that's kind of it. He's gonna, you know, Medvedev will find a way to to get the third at some point. It yeah. just doesn't. Um, but gosh, I just thought, like, you know, we're talking about Medvedev kind of being upset about the fans. Um, jeering him um and uh i i just thought like his attitude at the end of the game was like was uh, yeah i'm not i do want athletes to like speak their mind and say what they mean. and i don't i don't think i think the interesting thing about medvedev is that i i get that from him even though he's he's being such a gracious sport he's like Mm -hmm. in his acceptance in his speech when he's like he gets the silver he's kind of like turning and looking he's just like i i thought you were too tired like i thought i thought i was just gonna like win and, like, he's, like, complimenting him and also being, like, yeah, you're, like, I thought you were a tired little man, basically. Like, I just think he's, like, a very interesting figure. This is, for me, the first time I've, like, sort of dived into tennis. I often, like, will know who wins or whatever, but actually watching them. Um, but I thought Medvedev is really fun. If he had a one, he would have been ranked
3: number one in the world. Um, yeah. So And, I think he'll, he's and a, he'll be yeah. back. Medvedev yeah. just won the U.S. Open. He'll, he'll be back. There'll be plenty more opportunities. He's only 25 to Nadal's 35. But Nadal now, obviously, you said it at the top of the show. But got to say, first one to 21 uh, major titles now. Yeah. He him, him and Djokovic and Federer were all famously tied at 20. And now with Federer injured for the foreseeable future and Djokovic, uh, refusing to get vaccinated for the foreseeable mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. And now Nadal's specialty, the French Open is coming up where he just pretty much wins every year. Yeah. So he, he might be able to tack on another one. And I just want to see, hopefully Nadal can pad his stats a little more before he ages even more. And, uh, Djokovic, who, who knows when he'll be back starts uh, coming down his tail again. So I just want Nadal to, uh, to, you know, stretch out the lead a little bit and uh, make it so that he is the uh, leader all time in men's titles. I love that for him. Um, and just want to see that continue.
0: Yeah. And the women's side, I think I would touch on it, but like Ashley Barty uh, winning in Australia, it's just like, it's super cool. Uh, comes into the tournament as the number one ranked uh, seed and um, pulls out the victory. Um, I get annoyed, but I get that. Uh, I. Uh, as I started to watch, I did the preview with Ariel, um, and as I was watching it, I, the, the women's sets are uh, best uh, best of three, right? Uh, yes it yeah, annoys me a little bit. It uh, annoys
3: me as well. I yeah. I don't know why it happens and no one has told it to me. So I am just assuming it is just a big conspiracy to yeah. give everyone a reason to pay women tennis players less money so that they well, can they get say, paid well, the same,
0: but like, yeah, <laughs> do, do they? yeah that was my theory. So
3: stupid uh, idiots, a reason to be like, they should actually be paid. Well, less yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah. Yeah, then there it is. Now you're creating yeah. the talking points where people are like, oh, they should probably get paid less because they're not playing as much. But it's not like they can't play as much. I don't think any of them are saying like, we can't play five sets. I'd, lo- I'd love to see it because you know sometimes i'm just getting into a match when the third set happens well, and I, sometimes in women's it's over after two i definitely felt i mean barty wins on the tie break set uh, yes. uh in the second set and i
0: actually was like felt like uh like collins doesn't have a great showing she loses six to three and then it's seven to uh barty wins seven to six And i just thought i was like yeah kind of want more i want to see them play more tennis uh it's too bad it's just like uh she wins two sets and that's and that's the game but um that's
3: women's tennis. Yeah. If you like watching tennis, you'll probably hate Barty because her matches were all so short. They were like yeah. not only did she not lose a set in the entire tournament, so she swept them all two sets to none every single round, but she um she was not even going deep into sets. Like every single match was like an hour to an hour and a half long. They were over in like record timing. Um I know before the semifinals, she her opponents were averaging one point seven games won against her per set so she was winning every set like 6-1 six, 6-2 six, wow. like it, nothing was even close she was cruising through the tournament it looked like it was hers to lose the whole time obviously we we said that the fans were on the side of Nadal obviously even like yeah. more so with Barty as the hometown hero very cool no one had uh an Australian hadn't won the Australian Open since 1978 so she's the first one to do that in uh, what's math 34 uh 44 years I guess yeah math, 44 yeah. years so that is very impressive like and it was I wasn't rooting for her throughout the tournament because it was kind of boring, you know, just the one seed cruising to victory. But by the time it got to the finals and that whole crowd at, 85% 85% capacity because that was the rule in an interesting line to draw it. I am not sure yeah, what the big difference um, between 85 and hundred yeah, is, but I, they um, probably know something I don't, but yeah, the whole, like it seemed full to me as they were all cheering on Barty. It was impossible to root against her. And then when she finally won and she's just another one, she just seems like so humble and like uh, fun to be around her post game interviews were always very fun. She just seemed happy to be there and you know, good for her. She definitely deserved it. She killed. The whole tournament, it was just uh, very impressive to watch. I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought she was going to lose the second set there. She's down five to one in the second yeah. set. And I was like, this is it. This will be the first set Barty wins. And then she just came. She was, she, was, she turns on she'll switch. Lose. Yeah, no, she, but she
0: just turns it back on. Yeah.
3: She was like, nope, I'll take it from here. And then yeah. ties it up, wins a tiebreaker. It was outstanding to watch. Uh, so, I mean, I think
0: it's Cam and Corey, a bit, uh, you know, uh, Yeah, guys, speak before up, that, <laughs> that you, uh, you know, are not huge tennis fans. But Matt, you got into tennis a year ago. Like, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Like, Cam and Corey, is there a reason you, like, is there a question you would ask? Like, Matt, he got into tennis one year ago. Look, he's like an expert. He came out yeah, and he's yeah. like wow.
1: spitting all these facts. Yeah. No, no, what's funny? No, what's funny is like, I used to watch tennis a lot when uh-huh. Venus and Serena were like killing mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. and then I just, I don't know, I just got disinterested. Like, it just wasn't like, I know who, uh Federer and Nadal and you know Joker I know who those players are I watch sports and stuff like that but it's just I don't know I feel like women's tennis always was just more exciting to me but yeah that's I, I
3: agree the, I don't know just the personalities of the people playing on the women's side it's just so much so much more rootable like I am a big Sabalenka is my favorite player to root for Um when mm-hmm. you had Ariel on he was saying she's kind of the best that haven't won something and I'm still I'm still waiting it's been one long year for me that I've been in the fourth round right uh, she did. She tends, yeah. she tends to choke. She has a, a problem with serving where she'll like get the yips and just like, she'll stop being able to serve and just double fault all over the place. Okay. Like, so there, there are times and they'll say like, if, can you explain what
0: the yips are? Because I feel like uh, many of our many of the folks who have wandered in here from
3: the Seinfeld will, will know the
0: yips, but maybe not everybody.
3: So it's like mostly like a psychological thing, yeah. more more so than like a technical thing that she's doing wrong. Like she'll just get in her own head and she'll like miss, She, I mean, she probably leads something with like double faults because her serve is very good, but it's very all over the place. And if she gets in a stretch where she like misses a few serves in a row, all of a sudden there's something where she just can't, get get it within the line she'll serve it out of bounds she'll serve it against the net there was the the uh the tournament that happened before the Australian Open obviously not a major it was just like i don't know exactly what it was if it was a qualifying thing or just like a regular season type tournament but her she could not serve so badly. Like she started crying mid match and had to serve underhand. She could not get to serve in the line. She had to serve underhand and finish the match out like that. And luckily she was able to uh, psychologically figure it out before the Australian open happened, but yeah, she just gets in her head. She tends to kind of choke at a certain point, but then also sometimes she'll be in the right headspace and just be able to come back so that's why it's so fun for me to watch a player like that and it's so fun she gets so into it like she will be slamming her racket if she misses a point it's and i am that's what i'm saying ha- players with emotion give me more. exactly of it. Yeah. and i'm kind of happy she hasn't won a major yet because now i can say that i will be there for the first one when she finally does win um so okay be very excited when that finally okay. happens uh
0: cory when we cover uh, mario tennis on this on the podcast uh, you will be my first guest
2: well uh, <laughs> oh, thank you i appreciate yeah. that
3: i'd, I'd yeah. like to challenge anyone in uh we sports tennis that i was very oh, good at okay. game, back in the oh, back yeah that was a great game it's <laughs> so good amazing
0: um any final thoughts on uh, what's what's next what's the next uh what, are we, what should we be looking out for in the tennis world uh, what, what what comes next
3: so yeah, there, I mean, for a while, there's just going to be like mini tournaments that really no one cares about. The okay. the women seem to all be off this week. There's a few men's tournaments right now. There's one in Argentina, one in France and one in India where, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone, obviously the people that went super, it's a lot of time zones for you, man. I, yeah, I worry. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously the, I, I don't worry about watching those live. Obviously okay. the uh, people that made kind of deep runs in the Australian open are sitting these out unless mm-hmm. they kind of have like a, uh, a home field like allegiance, like Diego Schwarzman is from Argentina. So he's playing in the one in Argentina, stuff like that. And it's just, you know, nothing big, but it's just, you know, what's the next big grand slam. So the next big Grand Slam isn't going to be until the French Open, which is end of May. I believe it starts May 22nd and will carry into June. Okay. And the other three, you know, they're the French Open, Wimbledon, which is um, in the U.K., and then the U.S. Open, which I did go to last year, really yes. establishing my credentials here. Um, Ariel, uh, our fan. other
0: tennis expert, also goes. So you two will have to. Yeah, It was really fun. It was,
3: yeah, yeah. you get like a day pass. You get to just, you know, yeah. go see all the matches and everything. There's yeah. a there's a thing in Toronto, the Rogers Cup, I think is what it's called. I would like to yeah. check
0: it out at some point. Yeah.
3: So those those three are all pretty much in the late spring to summer because that's usually, yeah, you know, the big tennis. I mean, obviously, Australia's summer is now. So that's why the Australian Open happens in you know, January. It. So we have to wait, you know, four months for the next big one. And then, okay. and then it'll get fun because it's uh, French Open. And then a couple of weeks go by and you have Wimbledon. And then a month or two goes by and you have the U.S. Open all okay. kind of back to back to back like that. Fun.
0: Uh, okay. Thank you so much. It's great. Uh, very fun as the Australian open yeah, uh has wrapped up. Um, we will wrap up our coverage of it. Uh, yeah. It's summer in Australia, but uh, the world is turning its attention to the winter Olympics. Feels like we just had some Olympics uh, last year almost. Uh, but uh, Beijing hosts the uh, 2022 uh, winter Olympics and, um, Anything, is, you know, are, are you a Winter Olympics fan? I feel very, I always feel very biased where people normally say, I'm a much bigger fan of the Summer Olympics, but as a the lone Canadian in this crew, uh, I do feel like uh, I do love the Winter Olympics, um, but anything, uh, I don't know, the Winter Olympics has uh, lots of weird, you know, luge and skiing. It's, it's so fun. Uh, Corey, anything you're looking forward to in the Winter Olympics?
2: Yeah, I know I'm with you, Grace. First of all, I'm, yeah. I'm more of a winter Olympics person. I think it's just because of my my wife and her family and fish yeah, skating. Sure. She shows me uh, you know, Facebook posts from her friends taking selfies at the Olympics, like in the middle of the Olympic skating ring. I'm literally looking at one right now. Um, that's always just very fun and engaging for me to uh, to be able to uh, engage myself in the content, right? But uh unfortunately I am very much a spectator in uh, all these things. I really don't have any expertise. I love, uh, you know, I, I, I will watch all the figure skating with my wife. I also, uh, I really love the speed skating. Uh, I think that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's very uh, engaging, especially when the tumbles start happening. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that rude to say? I hope not.
0: No, uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> it happens. It's a sport.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, fun. that's that's it's part of the part of the uh, intrigue, in my opinion. Yeah, and a lot of just really niche fun sports and i really appreciate a lot of winter olympians for uh you know same thing for a lot of summer sports too to be fair but like for their dedication to the craft that they basically like can't do anything with this sport other than the, olympics. the yeah. olympics yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah nobody's paying like signing a big uh money contract for their like skeleton you know right <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah exactly. really just the olympics uh, what about you kim you know yeah, so, like
1: i honestly i feel like the winter olympics has always been weird to me for me yeah. personally because like i've always been a big summer olympics person like right. i literally will spend every like walking second when the summer olympics starts till it ends and i'll watch everything like i'm yes. weird like that i don't know but the, but the winter one i just really don't want i don't know I, even though figure skating is you know you know they have that you know and i and i used to watch that with my mom all the time I just never really was was big on the uh, Winter Olympics. Like, I don't know why. Like, it's not even really a reason why. It's just like.
0: Cam, can I get you really into curling? I think I could get you. I think I could get you. You probably curling. could. You probably it's could. Like,
1: like I said, if I actually, like, dedicated some time and someone, yeah. like, told me what sports to watch, I, I would watch it for sure. This, you this know, is I just a great haven't segment. really dug a, deep into it, you know. It's, it's just one of those and, and I'm also in the, in the South, too. You know, sure. there, we don't have hockey <laughs> down here, so.
0: There are rinks somewhere near you. There's a rink. This uh, it's a rink. It's a good segue, Matt. I'll get you your set. But next week, we are uh, going to be joined by, uh, I believe, Haley Strong and then the wonderful Ooh. DJ LaBelle Klein. Um, you might have heard on some WandaS. So we'll be doing a full uh, Olympics preview. Uh, we'll also have another guest uh, joining us. We're going to talk about not just the Olympics, but we're going to have a big segment dedicated to like what should people be checking out? What are the fun stories? So that'll be next week. But now what about you? What's your uh, winter Olympics?
3: Uh? Yeah. So it seems like there's a, a bit of a battle here between summer who likes yeah. summer Olympics more, who likes winter Olympics. And yeah. um, I will uh, be on the fence here. Cause I hate all Olympics, all <laughs> of them. I hate, I hate it all. I can't, I don't care about any of the, any of yes. it. I don't know any of the players. I can't pretend to care about these sports that I normally don't care about okay. for the other three years and 11 months. It's just, I mean, uh, and I also, you know, don't really like the winter. So when you combine winter with Olympics, man, that's just a recipe for a disaster for me. So uh, not not a big fan. I will not be tuning in. You're but- not sitting on the fence. You just destroyed the fence. Yeah, man. yeah I knocked the you fence knocked down. It down. You're like, <laughs> no, this whole
0: thing should go. I mean, there are political and uh, like lots of reasons that you should not watch the Olympics. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm on the right side those. of history. I so I, did it. I do think yeah, at some point, like 200 years from now, I'm like, man, I was right. about. That. Yeah. I was, I was the here.
3: I was here from the beginning saying yeah. that we shouldn't be watching the Olympics. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know if there's anyone, uh, that's particularly stanworthy that I should check out. I might, uh, might check them out just to see what, what they're all about, but I, I just can't, I just don't have interest in it. And there's, uh, so much other stuff that, that I do have interest in that I, that I would rather spend my time on you know so sorry for all, all the olympics lovers out there i'm a big believer in
0: that watch stuff that you when you know when somebody's like uh you should watch this show it's really good after like the first 13 episodes it's getting really good It's just like i don't want to watch 13 episodes i don't like it. <laughs> so that's i think right. that's a very like uh that's a good take that yeah now uh, i will say that like
2: there could absolutely be like a jimmy garoppolo Yeah, Ooh, now olympics, you're
0: speaking but, my language you know what i mean like who's
2: the jimmy garoppolo of of figure skating do you want me
0: right? to ask yeah. that i'll ask
3: try right. that next if week. i Some if i time. could yeah. find the jimmy g of figure skating or something like that where i can just kind of like uh unabashedly send them for little to no reason and just wait make did that you not hear jimmy,
0: jimmy g is he's participating in the figure skating
3: the Oh, they, they said it was just got gotten on with he the he got niners got nine. because <laughs> yeah
0: um all right that's the olympics we'll have much more coverage uh next week and weeks to come um the olympics take place february 4th to the 20th um Gosh, uh, what about this uh, Tom Brady carousel? Is he retiring or is he not retiring? Uh, he, he announced, um, Schefter announced uh, on on uh, Twitter that uh, Tom Brady had let the Buccaneers know that he was retiring. And then probably within the hour, we started to get reports to say Tom Brady didn't say he was retiring. Uh, he will let you know when he, he will let the Buccaneers know when he is retiring. So what happened, Cam?
1: Is Tom Brady retiring? Oh yeah, this this was crazy to me because like I like I I saw breaking news and I was like you know anytime like you see something like breaking news like that like you're like man let me let me me ask let me hit my friends up see what's what's up because you know sometimes like you know when you see something like that you're like man there's no way because it was weird for ESPN to report that before Brady reported like it was a weird thing like I feel like ESPN like this is something I, I, I don't really like with like with with how like media is now. It's like people are reporting things before the, the players or, you know, people report these things. And I I, and I think, you know, Brady was going to retire. And he still may retire, by the way. But he was probably so upset about it, he'll probably come back next year just to be like, oh, yeah. Like, I was going to retire, you know, but I'm going to come back. Because, I mean, Brady, he threw for 45 touchdowns. Was it 45 touchdowns, 43 touchdowns? How many? Uh, I don't know if y'all can fact check yeah. that, but he Somebody threw for a lot of touchdowns leading the league in touchdowns and receiving oh man passing yards this year. And he's, you know, 44 years old. Like.
3: Yeah. That that's what I was going to say. I think he was going to retire but he didn't want he didn't want people to know and then the story broke. So I think he's just going to play another season now out of spite just because he <laughs> yep. he wants to say when he retires and no one else. So and I think if there is someone who will play a whole full season just out of spite, I think maybe Tom Brady uh, could be that person. So, um
0: D- the the documentary uh, i think the first episode tom brady's man the arena dropped today it does feel i feel like there are some reasons why this makes sense that he would retire i think that um short of losing the super bowl i do i think i said this last week on the podcast that like kind of like storming down the field tying the game and then losing on a field goal sort of like feels as good as you can get without winning the super bowl right like um and if you win the Super Bowl, it kind of feels like, well, I could just go, like, let's try to go just do that again, you know, uh, in some ways. Um, and so I, I feel like, yeah, it feels like a good time to retire. It feels like a pretty good, like, ending to, like, have he, – he did nothing wrong in his last play. He, like, stormed up the field, scores a touchdown. Like, that's pretty good, I think. And then he has – do- they're filming this documentary, right, and the documentary is releasing. I could absolutely see that the last episode of this, there's a rumor going around that like the whole reason this like got leaked basically is because he recorded something for the documentary, basically saying that he was retiring and then that got leaked. Um, somebody at ESPN leaked that to Schefter who then um, tweeted it out. Um, so I don't know. And then apparently drama. Apparently Brady doesn't like Schefter. Uh, there's some stuff about how he's covered him in the past. And so, and there's also these like conspiracy theories, that like he leaked it to Schefter just to like, Retract it and make him look like an idiot, which like I think is fun, but probably not a true story. I love, that theory. Story. <laughs> uh, I love that theory so much; it's the most fun theory for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Corey. Is Tom Brady is this the end? Is this uh, that was his last season? Yes,
2: yeah, so there there are some signs. You mentioned the documentary. I think that's that's absolutely uh, a, a viable theory. I also think that just in general, the way he's been talking, just uh, in interviews or wherever else, is is just talking about how it's much more of a struggle for him to come back. Like, whereas in the past he was very, you know, sometimes he he played with the fans a little bit, but this time it actually seems like, wow, I, I want to continue to spend my life with my family. Yeah, uh, My family just seems like they want me to be done. Like he, he's putting out these hints for sure. Uh, I will say... Uh, part of the reason I like the Schefter theory, and I, I believe Schefter and many others definitely did him dirty with all the Blakegate stuff, and yeah. uh, he would probably be very upset about how the report being sort of blended to a lot of the uh, results of that investigation. But I, I think that, I think that uh, whether or not it's actually out of spite or some orchestrated thing, uh, not to change it too much, but for example, how other players actually started tweeting him when the news came out. I believe his own organization, like the TV 12 Twitter account mm-hmm. or something posted something about it. And then immediately had to delete it, which who knows if that's conjecture or if they thought, Oh, it's time. And and then they realized it wasn't right. So yeah. that's, that is all really hard to say. One thing I'll say though, he has always said that he's going to play till he's 45. He's 44. I mean, yeah. I think that, I think that he's got one more for that reason. I also, I also really just love the theory that, you know, I'm not a big Brady guy, but I love, and I, and of course I respect like he's the goat, right? But uh, I would love it so much if he just, like, put all this out there and it's like, aha, suckers, I'm playing one more season. <laughs> like, it would be
0: perfect. That's a real pro wrestling move to the fake retirement. Uh, it's real <laughs> pro wrestling. But uh, maybe. Um, I, yeah, he said he said he played till 45. He say he, he said he'd play until he didn't feel like he could play anymore. Uh, it felt like this year he could, he could absolutely play another year. I don't know. What do you think, yeah. Matt?
3: I hope he retires. I hope mm-hmm. I'm so ready for the Brady era to be over. There is kind of like a comedic aspect to just watching him win year after year. Like, even though you yeah. think he's too old, he'll just win another three Super Bowls. He goes to another team. He wins. Anyway, it, it, it there to me. I do find that funny, especially because everyone outside of, you know, where he plays and probably like the uh, Boston area hates the guy so much and is rooting against him to just watch him continue to win is something that I can appreciate as, uh, comical and, you know, obviously have to respect that he's great, but I, you know, I don't like him. I don't find him anything to root for, you know, mm-hmm. besides besides that comedic aspect. So I, I'm ready for him to be done. I'm ready. Let's let's give everyone else a chance to win some Super Bowls. It's just uh, it can get kind of boring watching Brady just dominate year after year. So I, I'm, I'm I'm done with it.
0: Last week I really felt, uh, uh, was it uh, last? Yeah, I thought last week was like the most fun Brazen where like the threat of him just coming down the field and winning was like horror movie at like a really big, bad, uh, you know, at the end of the movie energy. And then when they, they just don't win. I was like, that's fun. That was fun. He yeah. scared me for a little bit. That was great. <laughs> I really liked that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think probably Brady's back for another season, but I this whole
3: thing is just fascinating to me
0: that like it got leaked. Um,
3: that's def- definitely like, interesting. You know, I do, yeah. I do love a, uh, a nice off season story that we could, that we could yeah. look at. Because yeah. off seasons usually are boring, so we need we need something to to hold us over.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Is there anything anything we didn't touch on that anybody wants to to any sports stories in the world you're following?
3: Anything else? I no. Uh, like like I said, really the only sport that I really care about is baseball, and I don't even know if baseball when it's going to be played Grace have you been pay- are you a, are you a big baseball person Grace a I know huge, you said you were a blue so- are you a huge baseball oh, have you been is- paying attention to the lockout or what what's going on with that are we going to get like a normal season or are they going to
0: i think we lose games I think spring training gets pushed back it doesn't seem they they're apparently their last meeting there was uh, some progress um, in terms of negotiations uh, seems like um, the league average uh, will certainly be raised uh, the minimum a league minimum for players but i just it doesn't necessarily feel like they're super close um, and you know technically um, it's not actually that much longer
3: before like pitchers and catchers have to report right. and then i mean then yeah we, we saw game, with so. the uh, we saw with the covid year that they could do like a shortened kind of sp- spring training thing if they really need to but um yeah i mean I'm, I'm all for the players do what you need to do to to uh get some get get what you need i'll 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 be here when the season does start i don't need you guys to to rush things along for me um you know i love baseball when it's there but i'm not i'm not missing it too bad right now there's other stuff i could watch there's celebrity big brother around the corner there's <laughs>
0: uh, david ortiz uh the only uh player on oh. the ballot
1: oh, ball man. Oh. i am how you feel Oh yeah, this 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 upset me. Like I I wow. probably was talking about this for like I feel like every time this time of year I always talk yeah. about this. Like I don't yeah. know why Barry Bonds especially like mm-hmm. Roger Clemens too, but Barry Bonds especially is not in the Hall of Fame. Like, um, yeah, and it's even crazier because David Ortiz he got caught too like cheating.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's he got, got Hall- caught once and then he was like, uh, don't worry about it, and they were like, okay. Yeah,
1: like, really- like, like I don't <laughs> and get I think- and Barry Bonds. <laughs> he's a half. He's a seven-time MVP. Like, yeah,
3: how- I think anyone under the age of fifty-five at this point, like, agrees with us here that all of these people should be in the Hall of Fame. And I, I appreciate David Ortiz making it because I had a one hundred dollars bet with my friend that he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh wow! And my friend said no. I thought
0: the P- D, I thought the DH
3: would ding him a bit. I thought he, the prolonged- he is a DH and yeah. he did do the PEDs thing. But I said, listen, no one cares that David Ortiz did PEDs. They no, he's four. He's four ones. He's, he's,
0: yeah, so he's they all care good. that A.
3: Rod did it. They care that you know Bonds and Clemens. It no one. Did. David Ortiz got caught. He apologized, and everyone said, "You know what? We kind of still love you, and that's fine." He's a very lovable guy. Like he, yeah. I'm a Yankees fan. He was a Red Sox. You know, a Red Sox for most of his career. And I, I, even I can't hate him. He's a, a very likable guy. He's on the, you know, the post game show on Fox these days. And it's, most, people he's just saying like,
0: most people aren't saying like, oh, David Ortiz shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. They're like, Barry oh, Bond should also be in the, like, oh, of course. And it very,
3: and it very seems, it seems very weird that they, like, where's the line? Like, pick a lane and stick to it. If you don't think Bonds and Clement should be in the Hall of Fame, then maybe everyone else shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. But if you're going to say Ortiz should be in and not A Rod, I don't understand that at all.
0: I mean, they'll get in. I think they'll get in with the um, the Historic Committee or whatever that thing yeah, is. Yeah,
3: I, ev- I think eventually they do get in. But it's just, it's very annoying to have to draw this out so much.
0: Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, they played the game under the rules of the game at the time. The league basically, right. like, you know, covered it up. Um, you know, A-Rod uh, did it. He got caught. He got suspended. You know, it's like, I don't know. Just like, and yeah, like, I, I so, think
3: Brian Cohen was saying it, that A, that Bonds and Clements and stuff, they still are kind of in the hall of fame, like their bats are in the hall of fame, their gloves are in there. There's, there's things like commemorating them. The only thing is they just don't have the plaque. They didn't have the induction ceremony. And I think, I mean, they deserve an induction ceremony, like give it to them. And also he made the point that there are people in the hall of fame that did much worse things than do steroids, which were a thing that everyone was doing in baseball. And there's just a few people that we, we've kind of scapegoated for the whole steroids uh, movement. And everyone is kind of taking out their frustration with that on them. And we'll continue to not let it go. But as the Uh, Hall of Fame committee gets younger and younger, Uh, these things kind of, uh, I think, will not be as important.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Corey, do you have thoughts on the Baseball Hall of Fame? I sure don't. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I just wanted to check in. Uh no, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh the old, last thing I'm just gonna brag for a bit to all the Americans here that uh we beat you in soccer, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> World Cup qualifier. We're at the top of the table, uh, for uh first time, you know,
3: Canada. Hey, so. I'm I'm one eighth Canadian, so this is a win for okay, me too. Okay,
0: great. Yeah. Uh we beat <laughs> yeah, we, we beat uh, uh seven eighths of you. <laughs> um yeah uh so that's very exciting personally a very fun game they went to nothing the other day um so yeah we will be we will going to be talking more uh football uh slash soccer uh, next week with a very <laughs> special guest um so uh tune in i think that's it um let's go around the horn um you tell people uh where they can find you on the internet and what you're up to uh cam what about you
1: yeah so you can follow me on twitter i'm on twitter a lot uh cam perry 21 um, anyone knows me knows I talk about NFTs a lot. And so if y'all ever want to know about N- NFTs, you know, reach out to me. I'm, you know, I'm your boy for that. And, um, and I appreciate you, uh, Grace, uh, having me on, it was, it was cool time yeah. in sports. And, you know, if you ever want to have me back on, you know, if the audience to have me back on, yeah. you know, I'll definitely be down to come back, especially during college football season. That'd okay. be fun.
0: Sounds good. I know nothing about college football, so that'd be great. Uh, Corey, what about you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at cavex
2: C-A-V-X, or... Also, Kavik's on Twitch, which is a new mm-hmm. thing for me. I just became an affiliate at rapid speed thanks to participating in a Guys tournament that Puyo hosted. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I'm going to see if I can ride the wave, you know. Uh, I also am, I've got some cool uh, projects coming up. You can always find me in Pusher Recaps community as well, uh, running many bots. I um, I also uh, have a podcast called Wombat Water, and we will eventually release a new podcast, maybe. Uh, If you have it in your feed, you'll find out. So uh, go ahead and subscribe. And I think that's uh, that's most of it for me.
3: Cool. Matt, what about you? So you can follow me on Twitter at maddiefresh 24 Only social media can I use, so follow me there. If you'd like to continue hearing my great voice on other podcasts i have a gossip girl podcast called the lonely boys where me and my friend brendan are recapping every episode of gossip girl he is a new watcher i am an expert and i'm kind of leading him through the series also i recently did a high school musical podcast with fellow matt matt ligori uh where we recapped every movie in three parts each and then also did a big song ranking at the end so you can find that over on the choir room podcast so i'm, I'm sure the venn diagram of people that love <laughs> sports gossip girl and high school musical is a is a perfect circle so you can uh-huh. check me out on all of those and i'll also like to echo what they were saying thank you grace for having me on this was a lot of fun
0: no problem.
2: It did, I, did I say that, Grace? If, if not, no, I want to say it too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very
0: much. No problem. Uh, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at HiFromGrace, uh, doing a lot of stuff over on post-show recaps, uh, covering Euphoria with Amon Adwin, um, as well as uh, we did some Yellow Jackets coverage, some Raised by Wolves coverage with Josh Wiggler and Taryn Armstrong, um, doing movie coverage. Uh, we did The Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, with my co-host Ariel tennis fan as well um this week we'll be covering the lost daughter um a podcast uh, hold up uh follow us on twitter at hold up podcast we watch lgbtq media from the past and see if it holds up we've got lots going on um if that was too much to remember i'm at ty from grace on twitter um yeah this is very fun uh, chatting sports uh and with that uh, the podcast is over